Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast. My guest, I'll say my guest today is Trevor. Hello. And Seth. How's it going? Alright guys, this is a special podcast, I kind of say Welcome to another episode of Just Being Seth Amos Podcast. I, I have Trevor and Seth and with me, and we're going to talk about oh, yeah. superhero powers, powers and the origins of the characters that are very superhero obscure, and villains, or maybe people who acquire their powers, about. right? It's like so I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. And we were just going on and on and on. I said, Yo, you know what? This is a great episode for a podcast. And Seth totally, totally agreed. I did. Yeah, so it was amazing. So I was thinking and thinking, how can I approach this, right? So I called him and I said, Hey, guys, I got this idea for a um, podcast. And it's about the origins, of, the origins of their powers, how they acquire their powers, right? And I called Trevor. I know Trevor's a big mutant guy, but I don't know if we're going to do mutants today. Surprisingly, not a single one. That's what I'm talking about. And I know Seth, he's more of the Green Lantern and Flash in D.C. Granted. But I told these guys, you know what, let's do something different. We're not going to do the iconic um, heroes or villains, you know what I'm saying? We're not going to do a Spider-Man or a Batman, because that's a given. Okay. And then right? Captain America, is that one Okay. No, Captain, we're not doing Captain no. America even though. No he, Iron he's Man. He's iconic? He's iconic. No Iron Man. Oh, crap. No Hulk. But no. Rocket Raccoon's okay, right? Hmm. Let's see. Um, yeah, it's okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think so. So for my audience, we're going to explain this, okay? In this discussion, we're going to talk about how they acquire their um, abilities and their powers. It's either through chemical um, which is like this, I think Seth said it altered humans. altered human chemicals that go through through radiation. You, like for say, example, if you go through the old Marvel role playing game, yeah, right. So like radiation, gamma radiation for the Hulk. Um, let's see for DC, you have what um, chemical enhancements. Let's see, a lot of magic objects. Oh, right. And Does Superman count? The Sun Man? No the man. Sun's rays? No, 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 no. No. No man. No. Then what would you call that? Because he's he's not like super strong. It's on racial. Planet. Is it racial? It's it's a racial ability. He just needs a circumstance for it. Right. Like Which Billy is... Batson's nothing until he says Shazam, Shazam, but he's still Captain Marvel. I guess now he's Shazam. Shazam. That's true. That's right. That's right. Not... <laughs> so there you go. You got less I guess than one it's on like one. John Carter of Mars. He's got his regular abilities, but then when he's on Mars with that low gravity. Dude kicks ass. There you go. Yeah, you go. See, you got the idea. See, right. Trevor? I'm, I'm learning, guys. Yes, right. yes. So we did the categories of magic, tech, science, altered humans, like I said, race, mutants, uh, were, I mean, genetics. Yeah, genetics, genetics. is a different from race. Not every, like, every Kryptonian gets Superman's powers here, but, you know, not everybody can fire, you know, ruby quartz or blast through their ruby quartz visors. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, to my Scott Summers, right? Well, genetics. Yeah. yeah. He was. Why are you looking at me? What? He yeah, was man, talking about uh, Cyclops. Cyclops. But, but yeah, yeah, that's where mutants come in is genetics. So things like that. Right, 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 right. So um, I told the guys, I said, look here, man, we're not going to do with these iconic. So we won't either get like characters that people don't know or they do know. And to, hmm, let's wonder what, I mean, let's, let's try something different, right? And uh, I was going to do Spider-Man at first. I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do a Spider-Man. Y'all know I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Have they done a Spider-Man origin story before? Oh, man. Did they? Really? Did, did they have one? No, nah, I, I don't think they, they have. Really? Yeah. Nah. See, well, that was what pissed me off about um, Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, no, no. Don't. don't. Please, was, Trevor, yeah. Trevor, It's like, Trevor, Trevor, I don't Trevor. know how he started. What's his origin? He just suddenly had Spider-Man powers. Completely unbelievable. They need some background and on they these. They do. 
Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow, guys. I, I like that. I like that very much. Okay. okay. So, guys, um, I'm going to go ahead and start it off. You know, if you want to do some characters, like regular characters, like, you know, I said two. Two characters and one villain, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you want to add another character, whatever, I'm fine by that. So, you can go ahead and do that. So, I'm going to start with you, Seth. All right. Now, when you first brought this up, I was thinking, like, getting a nice paired one. Like, you get Green Lantern and Sinestro, where they have sort of the same origin but different takes. I also like that because depending on who you're looking at, the ring is either technology or magic, depending on which version of it you're reading at any given moment. Oh, that's right, because Alan Scott got it through magic, right? Well, he's not part of the core, but yeah. the so like the whole Green Lantern core is supposed to be technology, but the battery is powered by all the wild magic in the universe. Right, right, so, right. So, anyway, right, right. since we're not going with the iconic, we'll leave, we'll leave that, and Wikipedia will help you out there if you're curious. But, you no, know, Wikipedia is different, man. People put their own information in there, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So. It's not the real Green Lantern story. Oh. Yeah, there we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I need to watch yeah. the movie for that. Oh, we're talking about that bad uh, Ryan Reynolds movie? <laughs> yeah. See, and I figured it's safe because nobody saw that movie. That's true. All right, <laughs> God, I hope nobody saw that movie. I'm sorry if you did. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to go with Hitman. Oh, shit. Uh, if only to celebrate you know, the fact that Boys is out, which I haven't seen yet, but another uh, Garth Ennis bit from the 90s, one of my favorite books coming out at the time. Uh, along with Preacher and Starman, which we've talked a little bit about. Right, who was the artist behind that? John McCray? Uh, John McCray through the whole run. Like They paired up through, I want to say, 61 issues, I want to say, mid-60s. Well, Garth, Garth um, usually used John McCray and um, Derek Robertson, I believe. Yep. yep. Those are two artists he mainly worked with. Yeah. With DC, it's a lot of McCray. They had their demon run before that. Right, right, And right, uh, Hitman right. debuted in, I want to say, the second demon annual. It was the Bloodlines crossover. And this is what DC was doing in the 90s. We were talking about sort of the differences between the universes. Uh, DC was using their thematic crossovers to kind of backdoor pilot heroes. Right, right, So this was, uh, there was a series of parasitic aliens who would come down, basically jam a tube onto your spine and drink your spinal fluid. Oh, man. Yeah, it was really, really upbeat. Better than probing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, one of those you walk away from. Well, you, you sort of walk away from. <laughs> not in a good way. Well, yeah. Well, you may not walk away from the spinal one. You can walk away from the probing, but very yeah. uncomfortably. Kind of bow-legged. Because that was the thing. The, the, spinal, the spinal link had something like a 98% fatality rate, but if you survived, you were going to get superpowers. And so we don't talk too much about Anima. She's the only one that I can also remember from that that event. I know there's what a few was her name others. again? Uh, Anima. She could Not Anima, but Anima. Nope. No, hey, yes, <laughs> we're getting away from the probings now. <laughs> and Dennis, you never know though. Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, yeah, say former Marine, current hitman Tommy Monahan gets bit. Oh, and so he then gets uh, X-ray vision and low-grade telepathy that gives him a headache and a nosebleed, which he then goes to continue being a hitman, but now he takes on the more exotic cases. So if you need someone to, like, go collect money from the Mad Hatter, he's the guy you call. Oh, okay, for superheroes and villains. Right, so he, we have an altered human, started off, you know, just had some training, was a good hitman, wasn't the best of them, and uh, still definitely wasn't the best of them. He got shot at a lot in the book. <laughs> now, um, if my uh, memory serves me correctly, man, they had a wacky, he had a wacky cast of characters Oh yeah, in it's, that book. Oh yeah, hitman, uh, you had uh, the, I know they've still been doing, uh, even a couple years ago, Section 8. Which was their attempt to sort of put some superheroes in there? You had, uh, you know, Flem Gem, uh, Jean de Baton, uh, <laughs> Six Pack. 
These names, dude. I mean, oh, yeah. They were a dog welder who became important in one of the little crossover events they did with it. Wow. Dog welder. Exactly what it sounds like. He he welds dogs to people's faces. Whoa. Rip, whoa. Isn't welding like with metal? Yes. So well, how, I, 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 I'm, a, work? I'm assuming there's some sort of soldering involved. I'm not quite sure how the, they never went into detail on this one. <laughs> Yo, and like this... just dog faces or like the whole dog? Uh, the entire dog to the person's face. So they've just got like a, their face and then just this big heavy dog like hanging off. It was usually more kind of like your like terrier size. They'd be lying down and you'd just see the paws sticking up. Like they didn't, they tried to make it funny. But, you know, if you've got a dead dog, there's a really narrow curtain of humor there in the American society. Whoa. So they would be dead in the first place. They'd have little cartoon X's and just sort of like, like everything else would be realistic, but the dog would suddenly get very cartoony. You know, I totally forgot who wrote this. That's Garth Ennis. Oh, yeah. This is Garth Ennis. So, yeah, yeah. they are. They are welding. Yeah. Section eight went out on their first mission and half of them died. Their leader was named Friendly Fire. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Surprisingly, he survived. Yes, really. So, I guys, know. I don't know. yeah, not so. <laughs> so all right, so yeah. Hitman is an altered human. Altered human doing due due to alien technology. Uh, not oh, alien technology, alien. but alien interference, alien, alien biology. Biology. That's a lot in comic books, also. Yes. So, all right, I'm, all right, Hitman. Okay, damn. Him and Captain Marvel. Yes, right. You're right about that. Now, Trevor. Yes. What is one of your characters? Uh, the first one I picked was actually um, Elsa Bloodstone. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. See? Surprise. Oh. Surprise, surprise. Say original or modernized. Oh, see, so it's two different. I don't know. It's a father more. and his daughter. Well, the well, I said Elsa. Elsa. Not Ulysses. Ulysses, he's a dick. Yeah. Yeah, Ulysses is a dick. Yeah. Very Ulysses much. is both her origins. father. Yeah, you're right. He, he's a dick. He right, you're right about that. Yeah, so I don't know too much about like how she got started, but I do enjoy reading about her whenever she shows up in the comics. But I do know um, it's based on supernatural power. Some of it is apparently genetic from her father, but others is from um, the blood blood, blood gem blood that gem, she has. Yeah. And so I think she has like superhuman strength. She's a really good marksman. Um, I thought it was coming from the father. It was the magic and the stone that just passed down through the. It blood. was generation for generation, wasn't That's it? That's possible. But right? I, yeah, I would not, I would not put any money on that but without on, looking yeah, it up. But online, it did say that some of it is genetic. Okay, but then she, she also can't like vampire bites. Right, She's right, right. She's immune to them, and actually, if a vampire bites her, they'll die. Well, you know, um, recommendation for Elsa Bloodstone is read Next Wave. Agents, Agents of, of Hate. Next, yeah, Agents of Hate. That is hilarious, man. It's written by Warren Ellis. That's 90% of the origin that I know for her, yes. so that's why I'm like, I'm definitely not going to contradict you. But yeah. she, she recently appeared in um, Monsters, I think. Unleashed. Monsters, Monsters Unleashed. Unleashed. She was in uh, Fearless Defenders. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, and then she had her own little like spinoff in the Battle World Secret wars whatever the most recent one oh remember she had that one where she protected the wall in that zombie infested that oh, was right. a secret yeah, that was yeah. a secret yeah. war somehow she got teleported like way into the you know the middle of the danger zone right and then had to protect that kid that's when jonathan hickman did the secret wars and it had all the miniseries that was yeah. one of yeah. them yeah that, that one that was one. really good i i love that one most of those are really solid as i remember that one yeah, I, I got some of them, man. So Elsa Bloodstone. Elsa huh? Bloodstone. Okay, so her stuff is her powers and abilities is acquired through magic, uh, magic artifact. More, 
Yeah, I would say if the the blood gem is yeah. an artifact. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, you're probably going to get like a ton of tweets saying he's wrong. <laughs> Trevor, you but, wrong? Uh, really? Never wrong. Wow. I'm wrong a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but I thought that would be a fun one to throw out there to kind of introduce to people if they're not interested. The biggest problem I have with Elsa Bloodstone is that. I really like her, but I'm not a horror fan. So she always shows up in like the monster books, and that's so that's amazing because Colin Bond was one of those writers for that right. book. You know, he's a um, he's a um, horror superhero um, writer. Right. I like his work. Yeah, so I'll read his stuff. But right. yeah, I mean, some of it it's like because it's not that I, I find horror scary. It's just I'm like, eh, I'm kind of bored with monsters and stuff like that. It doesn't do it for me. Oh, I know. I know your taste in books, man. I know you very well. Okay, not very so, well. But as a quick you. side note, if you're looking for a non-necessarily monster-based horror, uh, Lock and Key. Oh yeah, ex- I've excellent heard a lot series. of good things yeah. about that one, but I've never actually gotten around to reading it. Yes, that's by um, Stephen King's son, yeah, right? Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Okay. All right. Now for me, is a character named Booster Go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes, Booster. I like Booster, man. I, I really like Booster Run when Dan um, Jurgens was writing it, and you know, and his powers is acquired through technology, technology from the future, right? So his te- his powers are like this. I, I is got- it really the future or is it the current from Booster's perspective? Well, and oh, that's a good question, there, Seth. You're right about that. Like, if you went, if you took your cell phone back 50 years, would you say this is my future phone? I mean, I would because I'm kind of an arrogant prick. <laughs> but I'd want to rub it in a little. Well, what I was reading, if my memory serves me correctly, he was a, um, a security guard in the 25th century. Yes. So he was a security guard. Before that, he was a football player. He betted on his own game. He's much of a damn prick. Well. Not a prick, but he is, he's a good he person. Had a, he had a good reason he for had a good, it. Oh, I forgot. The reason was for his father, wasn't yes. it? Yes. His father was very. He wasn't betting. His dad, dad was, was betting. betting. That's right. And, um. Now, while I'm talking, I'm remembering the story. He is now. kind of a jerk, though. He, he is, but he's a jerk with a heart. Yes, he really is, and you know he's self-centered and stuff like that. So he betted on the game and stuff, and you know he said, "Oh, I read, I read, read all the stories about the 21st century. Was it 21st? Yeah, the 20th century." And he said all the stories and stuff like that. So he decided he wanted to become a superhero. So what he does is he steals a legion, a legionnaire ring. Yep, that's the flight. That's one of his powers. He got a suit that gave him super strength. I'm saying that right? I believe so. So, and that's one of the powers he had, right? And he also he has durability, flight, and energy blast and force field. This is all the technology that he stole from the museum. Oh, don't let me forget. He also stole a robot named Skeets. Oh, yeah. I love the dynamic yeah. with those two dudes. His security droid. <laughs> yeah, so I really fell in love with him the first time in the Justice League, com- I mean, the Justice League um, TV series. Oh, that was a great that was episode. A great, it was a great episode, man. Who are you? I'm Booster Go. Where Billy West was the voice of Skeets. That's, that's right. And so Booster Go's main goal is to profit off what he knows from the future in, the, in our present. Am I saying that right? Yes. He, okay. Um, yeah, in the he's present. back to the future. He's back to the future. So he, he, ever, he knows what's going to happen. He's Biff. He's Biff. From right. Back to the Future. But that's not the only thing for Booster, though, because I think in the, before the new 52... He was part of the Time Masters. Yes. And right now, he's protecting the timeline. Can I kind of start reading it and stuff like that? I don't know what's going on now. 
But I know he's a protector of the timeline. I don't think he's been back in the new 52, or since post-52. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm waiting for a Booster Gold book. I'm waiting for another one. It depends who's writing it, though. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. Because, you know, he had the Booster Gold and um, Blue Beetle tandem, the blue and gold. Oh, yeah. So that's his powers, man. His power is based on technology, but it's future technology. And that's what the other that's one of the characters that I went with. You got anything to say about Booster Gold? Because I know you're more of a DC guy. Um, I I really like the concept of Dan Jurgens where he is trying to protect the timeline, but because of the uh, the Keith Giffen, you know, Boaha run on Justice League, where he was just kind of a goofy kind of a goofy idiot who right. meant well but wasn't always successful. Right. That was the view of him in the worldview. So when he became one of the world's greatest heroes, you know, sacrificing everything to defend the timeline and all of existence, he still has to make everybody think he's an idiot mm. and can't let people know that he's doing good. But you know one person who knew about it though? The Batman. Cuz I think it was one book I read he knew Booster did something, and, you know, he he's no Booster is not a complete idiot you know, right that's the batman i mean i was i forgot what book it was but it wasn't in one of the book that batman knew that he changed a timeline or something and he knew he was very important but he didn't tell nobody else about it like you said he think everybody think he's a goddamn idiot and he doesn't know what he's talking about and stuff like that he's he's no good but in hindsight he's actually protecting our timeline depending which one it is I can't keep up with all that stuff, man. There's so much of it, dude. Like the greatest hero the world has never known. And that's the tagline for Booster Gold. <laughs> so, Booster Gold is my guy. I'm going to rotate back around to you, Seth. All right. Uh, second one, uh, because I've been reading uh, Jeff John's run on Avengers lately. It was a character I just went ahead and looked up. Uh, Jack of Hearts. Oh, wow. When you said his run, I said, oh, he's about to say Jack of Hearts. That was, I was thinking about that, man. And as I say he was just a character that I remembered seeing uh, when Disassembled kicked off. I'm like, wow, this is a character I've never seen before, and all the Avengers seem to really know him well. And you know, it was never one of my biggest books, but I, I, I read it off and on for years and years. Thought I knew most of the lineup. So uh, this is Jonathan Jack Hart, who has two origins, which is also what intrigued me. Uh, I know he was originally a Keith Giffen, Bill Mantlo character, and I'm not sure what his origin was at the time. Uh, according to Jeff Johns, yeah, he was doused in something called zero fluid that his father invented. He said zero, zero, zero fluid, zero which is fluid. why half of his face is black with a glowing eye and half of him isn't because he wasn't completely covered. Which is why his powers, he, uh, he gives off energy and has to spend 14 hours a day in a zero room getting all this energy absorbed through special technology or he will blow up and destroy everything. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. Which is sort of what happened, and say, spoiler alert for Disassembled. He exploded. He exploded and, uh, yeah, killed one of the Ant-Mans. Oh, uh, that's right, but Scarlet Witch forced him to explode, right? She I was, think that's how it turned out. She had a nervous out. breakdown. She killed almost almost all the Avengers in that, man. Yeah, so. How many nervous breakdowns does that woman had? Dude, plenty. Jesus. One or two, but they always seem to, like, they're, they're pretty costly when they have. Yo, they, yeah, yeah. Like, one power, took out really. the X-Men, <laughs> one took out the Avengers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, she altered reality with the X-Men says no more mutants. All right. So the big reveal in the Jeff Johns, I don't, I, I, as far as I know, was that he is also, uh, he also has an alien background. He is half human, half contraxian. And his father just wasn't being a jerk when he doused him with the fluid. He knew that his alien DNA was going to give off all of this energy, and the zero fluid was an attempt to contain it. Wow. So he was trying to save his son's life, not just show off. 
So we got a chemical enhancement, and we have alien origins. So we kind of have altered alien, alien origin rather than altered human. So oh. he can control his power somewhat rather than just being radioactive and killing everybody. That's a good take. I like that one. Damn, Seth, I like that. I really do. That's good, man. Trevor, you're next. Okay. I went with the Wonder Twins. No, not the Wonder Twins. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just aliens. That's boring. <laughs> Are they aliens? They oh, uh, maybe now we need to talk about it. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Are they really? Elves? My impression is they've got they've got the pointed ears. They could be elves. They could be, but they've never mentioned anything else. They've got this for the seventies. They seem to be wearing spacesuit gear, and they have a blue talking monkey, some sort of oh, talking monkey. So we think it might be that alien origins. I think Trevor's going to look that up right now because I really right. want to know. If I have to put money down on Wonder Twin origin, I I feel very confident putting a small amount of money that it's going to be aliens or somehow like other dimensional. Now, I could deal with the other dimension. All right, here we go. Zan and Jaina are siblings from the planet Exor. Okay. You know what? I've seen stories of them going back to their home planet We're now that I think about it. They're trained by Ooh. the superheroes. Oh, really? But, you know, they got the book out now. Yes. Um, Scout, not Scout Comics, um... The Michael Bendis um, imprint for DC. And they showed up in a Titans book right. about five or six years ago where they also had Wendy and Marvin. Right, 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 right. So they are part of the continuity now. They're part of the DC universe. Yeah, because you know right? you say they only made them for the cartoon. Yeah, in the cartoon. Oh, man. Pale of Water, they, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like Harley Quinn, they keep coming back. Yes, yep. they do. All right. But seriously, my real one was uh, White Fox. Okay. Okay. So White Fox is a Korean superhero and basically she's based on the nine-tailed fox the kumihos is what they're called right uh and so essentially she's the last of the nine-tailed foxes the kumihos for my audience who listen to anime not naruto guys nine-tailed fox okay we're not talking about okay well, it's okay. part of it's part of also you know a lot of uh different asian uh Lore. mythologies yeah so they're called Kumiho in um, Korea, and usually Kumiho in Korea are more like actual man eaters. Um, they're very they they tend to lean towards the evil side, right, right, but right, right. This character doesn't. Whereas they're called uh, Kitsune in Japan, uh, and they tend to be just more fun tricksters, but they're actually like good luck and things like that. So is this the character? I don't know if you've seen all the love, sex and robots or it's, love, death and robots. It's similar to that. Character. Similar, is, similar that's similar that's the that basis. One. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what that one was based on is the idea of the, the Kumiho. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about the same thing. You were just saying, Seth. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Right. So obviously that's something that I've always been interested in. So this character, when I heard about her, um, I decided to look her up. She's, she showed up a couple of years ago. Basically, basically she's the descendant of a kumi, an actual like full kumiho, and a human. So she's half and half. Right. And then she decided that she wanted to uh, check out the human world and kind of go and explore her human side. And so she became part of uh, Korean intelligence, and she works as like a super agent there. And she, but she has, she still has the tail. She has white, you know, pure white hair, which when she's in disguise, she'll tuck the tail in her clothes, which I always find funny. How do they manage to hide that thing? Hey, if Squirrel Girl can do it. 
<laughs> that's what? the one that cracks me up the most. Well, that's a huge fluffy tail. I, 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 it's all fluff. It's like it's like you get a shaggy dog wet and something he's about a third the original size. That's true. Yeah, I think for me, I think the first time I um saw the character was in Contest of Champions. Yes. That's where that was where she originated in the actual Marvel comic right. books. I think she was initially part of like some it's like a video game or a cartoon. They were trying to do some side scrolling thing and she right. became very popular, but that was where she originated. I remember reading the story because I, I collected the book. So I remember she's appearing in um, Contest, of, uh, Contest of Champions. And um, she wasn't there very long, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's Contest of Champions. Someone got to be eliminated. But right. that's my first time reading about that character. And then ever since then, I never, I never saw her again until Hot Shots. She made a few brief appearances in a couple other places. But yeah, then in... Yeah, Domino Hot Shots recently. She was part of the team. And then she's also part of the Agents of Atlas team, um, the new one from War of the Realms. And then they've got a continuing series which of Agents of Atlas, which she's part of. And then in a couple months, actually, her own series is coming out. So out of that group, I think two people have their own book, right? Oh, it's like four or five now. Really? Yeah, because they have... well. Um, Arrow is already out. I know about that. I think one. Swordmaster just dropped this week. Yeah, I got it in my box. Right, uh, me too. And then Crescent and Io is coming later. Uh, Luna Snow, right. who's the the pop the pop singer, right? Korean pops pop idol or whatever. Know, yeah, right, right. That one's coming, and then White Fox. Right, right. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start dropping some of the other ones soon. Too. Silk, another Silk. You think that would be great? I like Silk a lot. I, I know you do. Yeah, so. I know. And Amadeus Cho, where well, he's a Hulk anyway. They go, they, they'll they're, they're have a book for him, yeah. regardless. You know, that was actually the one thing that uh, I wasn't a huge fan of with the War of the Realms. Agents of Atlas is that it tended to focus mostly on Amadeus Cho. And it was like, you have your own series. You had your own series. People know who you are. There's all these other characters that nobody knows and they just get little bit parts, you know. So it's good that they have their own. Well, the Agents of Atlas continues. So now we can get more interaction with the team and learn more about them. And then they each have their own solo books. I wonder what number it is going to be, because it's got to be like the fifth volume of that book, fifth or sixth volume. I know I was reading uh, one of the reboots more about six, seven years yeah, ago, uh-huh. I think when it first started coming back around. And yeah, that was that was a while back. I know there's been a few iterations since. Yeah, because so. what, uh, what's his name? Uh, Wu, the first, what's his first name? G- is it Jimmy, Jimmy Wu? Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Wu. I think it's Jimmy Wu. He's always the constant in the, um, the group. Because he's yeah. the only human in the group. Actually, what I didn't realize um, until I like read it somewhere is that he's actually in the MCU. Oh yeah, he is. I know who he is. He yeah. was Ant Man. He was Ant-Man yeah. He's the, the FBI agent that keeps having to check on Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was house arrest. Yep. I, when he said Jimmy, I was oh the first time I heard the name. He's from the Agents of Atlas. You know, that's the comic book nerd in me, man. So, right. so I, yeah, I didn't realize that till after. So now it's just kind of funny because he's just very goofy in the MCU, but he's a lot more competent in the comics. Of course, of course. Or is he just appearing incompetent in the Maybe. MCU to lull you into a false sense of security? Maybe. He's oh, playing that's the good booster one. gold. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Layers and layers yeah. and layers. Maybe he's already saved the world and nobody knows it. Because ba- I would say, based on the series that I read, like one of the Five Issues miniseries, that man's usually about nine steps ahead of everybody. He's like, well, that was my cover story for the cover story but this is the real story which is actually a cover story you're going to find out about in the next issue because i think he once uh agent of shield too wasn't he was an agent of shield once upon a time sort of in that part yeah he was in there somewhere so he's very capable of 
doing it. He's a, he's like a he's a, almost like an ultimate spy, but not. But he's he was, he's good. He was running like the quintuple agent yeah. game at that point. Oh, I'm the double no triple agent. No man, I'm not a triple agent. I'm a on and on and yeah. on. Right. So white fox, huh? Yep. So she has she has a lot of what you would expect from a, a fox character. So she has sharpened claws that she can retract. She um she has you know heightened speed. She's good at close uh, combat. There's also a lot of things that we just haven't learned about her because she has hasn't shown up quite as much. So they could still bring out a bunch more power sets. Okay, all right. that's, yeah. a, that's a good choice. So it's one a to good watch. choice for my audience. You know, White Fox, check out and um, Agent of Atlas. I can't even talk right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, to me, my next character is the Sentry. Yeah, I know I like the Sentry. Yes. Oh yeah. And this is a complicated character, guys. It really is. Oh, the mind game they played Play, with him just to start. Yes, right. So, I mean, because when we first got introduced to the century, everybody said, oh, he's been around a long time and everything. So, it was created by Paul Jenkins and uh, and drawn by Jay Lee, I think. Yeah, that's about right. Sounds right. Yeah, okay. Um, and Stan Lee said, yo, he's been around forever. It was all hype, man. They, they made this guy... Think he was part of the MC, the Marvel I mean Marvel um, universe way back in the sixties, right? When the Fantastic Four was around, the Spider Man and stuff like that. So his story is so damn complicated, man. And the power set he is ridiculous. So he is an altered human, a chemically altered human. He drank the Super Soldier Serum, something like it. It was a, it was a derivative. Super Solar Serum, so, I think, some, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. Because they're trying so hard to say, like, get it, Superman? Uh. Yeah, so he has the power of, what, a million, six million exploding suns or something like that. What the fuck? Come on, man. Really? <laughs> what the hell, man? So I was looking at the powers, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at them, right? This is a long list of powers, dude. It's his powers in molecular manipulation. Sons do that. Yes. Immortality. Give him a couple billion years. We'll see. You was, <laughs> see, superhuman, superhuman strength, speed, stamina, agility, reflexes, senses. His senses are heightened. Okay, I'm going to say the reflexes in a son, probably not great. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Not a lot of cause for them to dodge, move around much. Right. Then he has sonic powers. Flight, invulnerability, and he got photo, photonesis, like telekinesis, photonesis, I guess. It's oh, it controls light. It controls light, so yeah. light manipulation, light projection, like Dazzler. Hey. Okay. Like Dazzler. He got healing factor like Wolverine. He has energy blast. So I go on and on and on. This dude is like, he's like a god almost. But the problem with the century is this, and I'm going to go with this. And it goes, it goes like this. And I say we get to get a villain, right? The Sentry is his own villain because of the void. And he had, like, it's his other half. You know, he's trying to always um, hide it and stuff like that. And um, he... Saying the stronger the Sentry gets, the, yeah, stronger, stronger the, the void, void gets. gets. Right. So it's, it's crazy, man, that he's trying to suppress that void, but the void is part of him. So every good thing that he does... The voice does the double. It doubles when he's out. So it, he had to always keep it in check. So this guy is mentally unstable. Very. So his power is based on his psyche, his mental prowess. You know what I'm saying? So if he's having a bad day and he ain't mentally stable, this dude actually 
disassembled the molecule, man. And he's powerful. Yeah. Yes, come on. You you read the Secret Wars? What oh he yeah, did. so he's another almost like god level. Like what? So yeah, Marvel doesn't have a lot of god level characters that aren't just their cosmics. No, they're not. But Molecule Man's up there. He's up there. So he he changed the um he helped Doctor Doom out and everything changed reality for Secret Wars and stuff like that. So the dude is actually he's almost like godlike, and like I said, he actually needs to have a right the right, the right state of mind to function. And on top of that, man, he got a place called the clock. The clock. He made it himself. So the century is like a, he's a complicated character, man. I know they try their best. He's like the Superman with major issues. You know what I'm saying? Exploding suns, man. What the what the hell, dude? They couldn't come with anything better but exploding suns. If you want to go through like 1960s bombast origin, right? Tell me you don't see Reed Richards talking about somebody having a power of a million exploding suns and like four explanation points. Yeah, I can see that. You're right. You're right. So that's one of my characters I picked, although he has his own villain. So I told you guys to pick a villain. So I had one person who had, I had twice seasons. You cheated, I see. No, I make the rules. What you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I make the rules. Fair enough, fair enough. Come on, man. I make the rules. So that's my other guy. So the Sentry and the Void are the same person. And by the way, it's one panel, man, in one book. You probably read this when Bendis was writing it. Um, The Siege, when Asgard came to Earth. They, you know, Asgard was destroyed and they brought it to Earth. And it was during a time when Norman Osborn was part of the Avengers called the Dark Avengers, right? And he had um, Dakin, which I can't stand, Wolverine's son. He was Wolverine. Venom was Spider-Man. Moonstone was um, Collar. What Collar? What's her name? Uh, Moonstone was Miss Marvel. Okay. Yeah. Miss Marvel. All right, right. Yeah. All right. And um, <laughs> Iron Patriot was Norman Osborn, right? Right. And um, Bullseye was Hawkeye. Okay. And we had the Sentry and Marvel Boy. So it comes to the conclusion that Norman Osborn actually was went back to the Green Goblin persona. He went completely nuts thanks to Loki, you know, the god of mischief. So in the battle, man, you see Ares, right? And Ares just gets split in half. And the Sentry split him in half, man. I looked at that panel like, damn. It was blood, <laughs> it was blood everywhere, man. Like this, You sure y'all want to draw this? I mean, it was this was crazy, dude. That's when the century became the void, and he started having his about six arms. It was ridiculous. So he is a powerful character, and I'm trying to figure out the way Marvel had needs to handle, this, handle the character. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of what they did to handle him was he came in, they did his 12-issue miniseries, they showed how he could beat up the Hulk, and the Hulk would respect him because he's like, oh, you're stronger than the Hulk. And then they realized, like, wow, if we have this character, we can't do anything interesting because every problem comes, why don't you just have the Sentry get it? Yep. Right, right. That's the thing. So they like, just pretended he didn't exist for about three years? And that's the thing with Superman. You know what I'm saying? He so much going, he's so powerful. What else can you do with the character, you know? But with the Sentry... As a matter of fact, came out with the, um, the Paul Jenkins run. Then they had another 12-issue run for the century. Then you had World War Hulk when he went up against the Hulk. And they kind of canceled each other's powers. And you see them back to their human form. And that's how powerful the century is. And like you said, when the Hulk is around him, he's all yeah. like a kid all again and stuff like that. So it's ridiculous, man. So that's my pick. The century and the void as the villain. I win. So that that's pretty good, right? Say Lantern and Sinestro. Th- there you go. So what is your villain? Uh Betroc Zaliper. <laughs> the Leaper. <laughs> he is unabashedly probably one of my favorite villains out there. 
Uh, I fell in love with them just going back through quarter bins and picking up the 1980s Captain Americas, uh, which are delightfully cheesy in the best possible way. Uh, just a nice little bit of nostalgia and just stop evildoer. And Batroc the Zaliper is basically a, a criminal for hire. Now, he doesn't really plan his own cr- crimes or anything. Someone hires him to go in. Oh, that's right. That's and right, that's I right. think the best example, first I'll say origin, he's just a badass. He trained. He trained. He worked hard. He is a master of savate. Uh, primarily, he's also experienced with Krav Maga and parkour. So the man can basically kick down a tree. Oh, damn. <laughs> and, you know, jump up onto the roof of a building from a flat start. And it's still somehow just, no, no, no superpowers, just normal humans, as we do jumping eight or nine feet straight yeah, up in I the mean, air. Yeah, I mean, you train enough, you can do that. Yo, yo, man, hey, it was okay. so funny. I'm glad you said that character. He was in Gwenpool. I was about to, I was about to ask eventually. Yeah, it's like, have you read the Gwenpool run? I have. He yo, is great in that. He's, he's just, amazing. He's like, he's like her mentor buddy. It's great. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, there's a, I think one of my favorite things that I've seen them do, uh, Kieran Gillen did a one-shot. And I know I got it for free on Comixology. I think it was a free comic book day. Uh, and it is Captain America and Batroc the Leaper. And it is it is a day in Batroc's life. And he's being hired. And the thing is, he and he's, he's doing all the narration. It's all first person. He never gets hired to stop Captain America. Because that would be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he's hired to slow Captain America down. And he's very aware of that. But in the back of his head, he's like, you know what? I train. I work. I've come close. Maybe today is the day. <laughs> Maybe today will be. I, I know it's not. It's like when you buy a lottery ticket, you kind of hope for that billion dollars. You're not counting. I hope you're not counting on it. But there, that's just in the back of his head. like, but. Wait, maybe I just saw him shift his weight. It's brilliantly written. It's really wonderful. Yo, but that the Gwenpool when he was it was hilarious, man. And the way she was talking to because Gwenpool knows everybody powers. Yes. And they secret identities and stuff like that, right? And it was just funny how he was talking to her being a mentor and like, okay. And uh it was just hilarious, man. That was it's, I, I, I know, but I see him in Captain America though once or twice. Oh, he I shows read. up. Yeah, he was in the eighties off and on. It was him, Machete, and I can't remember the third guy's name off the top of my head. You mean, but you mean Danny Trejo? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yeah. It was it was three um, very <laughs> three characters that you're probably not going to see much together anymore because they were very inappropriate stereotypes because <laughs> mid eighties. Of course. Um. So yeah, and I will say I love. That they still write uh, Batroc with a Maurice Chevalier accent. Like, he is not Batroc the Leaper. He is Batroc Zeliper. And you know that because it is spelled Z E L E A P A I R. Yes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And when he showed up in Winter Soldier, which I was probably the only person who didn't watch the trailer with him in it. Uh, my wife will will confirm this. I just, my face lit up. Little just fists coming up to my face. It's like, <gasps> And like it was Christmas morning for about five minutes and straight. And it's so funny. The guy who cast him was, uh, he's a, a former MMA fighter. His last name is Pierre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, did a, he did a wonderful job portraying him. And yeah, yeah, my favorite part of that movie. Yo, I wish they had him back on there, dude. I would love to see him come back to the MCU. And the Falcon and the um, the Soldier, man. Oh, yeah. I would love to see him show up again in any capacity. And speaking of that, man, on side note here, did you see the pictures of um, Baron Zemo, the the way they had his um, clothes now? 
I had I had saw a little steel, and they actually had the mask and the clothes, the fur. Okay, the they got him in the, the costume. Yeah, man. Like, oh shit! There we got go. Got ski mask in a rough. Yo, yes, yes, yes. So, all right, let me get my nerdasm off. Anyway, that's your pick. Oh, that's my pick. So, Trevor, what is your pick for a villain? Uh, I decided to go with Taskmaster. Get the oh, fuck out of here. Yeah, but what's wrong with that? No, I'm just fucking I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm playing. No, Speaking yeah. of characters show up in a lot of the 80s Captain Americas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. He really did. And by the way, I, I heard rumors he might be in the Black Widow movie, too. So That would be cool. That would be nice. Yeah. So, Taskmaster. Uh, Taskmaster. Uh, from what I gathered, it doesn't seem, in terms of his origins... A lot of writers are undecided as to whether it's a superpower or whether it's just kind of a natural ability. But basically, he's he's got um, what is it? Photo. It's like it's not a photographic. Well, it's a photographic memory, but it's more. Um, oh yeah, they had the the new Green Arrow. They gave it to him for a while. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. There's it's, a word, and I can't remember it either. Yeah, I can. Let me look it up. Real yeah, quick. But, but I know. But basically, it's the the one where he can. He can Copy the mimic the mimic the yeah, ability. It's, it's, I mean yeah. the, the moves. It's and stuff basically for people. mimicry. Yeah. So anything he sees, he can remember and actually do it. Right, right. So right, if right. he sees a superhero do some combat action, he can instantly do it again. Right, right. Um, so, so just to confirm for listeners who may not be familiar, but if he sees like uh, you know Cyclops shoot you know force beams out of his eyes, he totally can shoot force beams out of it. No, he no, can't. No, 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 no. Audience, <laughs> no. no there's limitations. He doesn't suddenly. He's not. He's not like Peter from Heroes, who oh. suddenly gains everybody's powers oh. just by being in the vicinity. Oh, like the, oh, like Mimic was like that for the X Men. Yeah, he was like that. Whenever he was around the X Men, he had their powers. Or uh, was not see, Rogue does touching. Amazo, Amazo. Oh, that's right, the android. That's right, that's right. So it was so funny you mentioned Taskmaster. I'm saying it right. Um, my first time reading about that guy was in the first Deadpool ongoing series. It was issue number two or three. I think it was three, and he could not predict Deadpool's um. Um, re, uh, moves right. It's so fucking unpredictable because of who he is. Right. That's the that's the thing with Taskmaster is that he usually can figure out your patterns right. and he can you know and then he can counter them because he knows all your moves. Right. And but the problem is, is Deadpool is kind of crazy and unpredictable, so he has no yeah. idea what he's going to do next. Right. Right. It, it, he can so, do all the same attacks and actions, but he can't. He can't prepare for them. Yeah. Yeah. He can't prepare. Next. Yeah. So. That's not, yeah, I can see that, man. But that was hilarious, though. But I think they became like friends somewhat. They're, yeah, they're sort of on and off, off and, yeah, exactly. Frenemies. It's like they'll work together from time to time. Other times they're against each other, but, you know. Now, I, rec- I recently read the Spider Man um, 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 story art called The Hunted. He's in it with the Black Ant, which they brought back from the dead, um, O'Grady. Well, he was already sort of brought back. Back from the dead, unless they killed him again later. I don't think so. Because they basically killed him when he was the irredeemable Ant Man, and then he became like an LMD, and then he was it, it is LMD, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right, like right, model right. decoy, yeah. right? Uh, but then he was like brainwashed on the side of the the father or whatever the crap that Remender oh, was writing. Oh boy, I remember. I that. fucking hated that father storyline, oh. and he had to keep bringing it back in every book. You see what you're saying? You see what he's saying? You know, he did the century like that. He brought him back doing the um, doing the um, 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 the apocalypse twins in X Force. 
I'm like, yeah. why are you bring? Yeah, I understand your, your that's, thing. Understand. That's what Remender would do a lot, is that he would write one series, and if he didn't finish off that storyline, he'd then jump to another one. Uh, you know, like I think because he went from like X Force right. to then Secret Avengers, and then he brought that whole storyline to Secret mm-hmm. Avengers just with a different cast of characters now, and then right. I think he did it again somewhere. Which yeah, it's like just start start fresh, dude. Well, Seth, you see, he does not like that. You see what you're doing, right? Yeah, you see that, right? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, rant's yeah. coming, guys. It's coming. <laughs> I say Remender. I've I don't think I've read any of his Marvel stuff. Like I love the things he puts out through Image, like Deadly Class, Black Science. Oh man, Fear Agent was amazing. But I I know there's there's a couple characters like or writers like that where I love their work with their characters. But give them an established character in like Marvel, and they've kind of got the restraints on what they can Grant do with Morrison. it. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. All right. We ain't going to get on the rent, guys, because I could do that myself. You know how I am. I say, Judd Winnick, I'm just saying, Barry Ween Boy Genius was really re- good. Like that. Anything the man has written for DC is just poison. Yeah, I'm, yeah I kind of totally agree. So, Taskmaster is your villain. Yes. So, yeah, so he's basically. He could have gone and become a superhero, but he decided not to. He figured there was more profit and uh, in. Being a criminal, being a merc. Well, first he was a criminal, and then eventually he started working, yeah, mercenary. And then he also trains other criminals to become like polished um, fighters and criminals and stuff. So yeah, that makes sense, yeah. right? So he usually will get hired as a mercenary or get hired to train, you know, soldiers or whatever. It's all so, about that dollar bill, baby. Yeah, absolutely, you get paid a cream. So yeah, so he's he's loyal to the dollar bill, and that's pretty much it. You get punched in the face by Thor, you're gonna get medical bills. You gotta pay. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. So, um, guys, I appreciate you coming over here because that was the idea Seth and I had while we were talking about it. I said, "Yeah, let's go do this." And I like, I want to talk about more stuff like this because the coming book geek in me love to talk about stuff yeah. like this. Seth and I know this, yeah. And you too, Trevor. I'll say just not just the origins, but just future seeding. You know, we talked about like the idea that Marvel and DC have very different philosophies to the character origins. Oh, that's also. right. Because you know, Marvel back in the time yeah. when it was making her character it was doing the cold war um atomic age and stuff like that everything was doing radiation uh, chemical stuff like that and for dc it was something totally different yeah i say it was some of them were earlier some of them were later yeah it just seems to be a different philosophy towards the origins right yeah more right so um guys this is going to be it um i know you guys not even on social media so i'm not even going to ask you at I'm all i'm there just barely barely so i'm not going to ask i'm not that. Yeah, I know you. We're not going to get in that discussion. But for me, guys, you can check me out at justbeingamers.com. You also could check out storefrontier.com for the merch I have on there. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Peace. Just being a